Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast, a show for creatives to encourage and inspire through simple, digestible lessons on legal, tax, money, and business topics. My name is Braden Drake. I'm an entrepreneur, lawyer, tax professional, educator, and author teaching you the behind the scenes necessities you can pair with your own expertise and innate strengths to step into the CEO role and grow the business of your dreams. So if you're ready to get your legal and tax shit legit, let's get started. Hello and welcome to the Unfuck Your Biz podcast. As always, this is your host, Brayden. And today I am joined by Amber, uh, co-owner of Queen City Vignette, correct? Yes. Hello. Okay, cool. I love, I like fuck up the intros every time because I always like forget to ask people. Amber Zar- Zaragoza, that's your last name, right? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Yeah. Okay, I'm so used to referring to everyone by first name. I didn't even remember what Jay Scott's first name was when he had his interview this morning, which will be released next week. (laughs) Uh, If you all heard the podcast episode yesterday with Chassie, this will be a similar format. So if you didn't hear Chassie's, maybe go back and listen to that. Then you can pop in and listen to the discussion with Amber and myself here. So Amber, I was just now reflecting on, we hopped on a phone call well, I was going to say a couple of weeks ago, but it's probably been like two months ago by now when I was interviewing you to put your case study in my book, right? Yeah, we did. And it was brutally interrupted. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even, I, I don't even really remember. I do like so many Zoom calls. I like barely remember, but that's okay. Cause I remember, and I know this is embarrassing. So I have like the world's worst memory because at the time you told me that you actually worked in my college town And you owned a vintage shop there. And I actually remembered shopping there when I was in college. And we did not discover all of that until recently. Yeah. After the class and everything, I did. I went to IU as well. So, yeah. Yeah. Go Hoosiers, Indiana University. That always, it always makes me super nostalgic. Like when we talk about Laughing Planet and like all the places I like to go, like all the little hipster cafes I like to go to in college. Yeah. (laughs) I know. I miss the food in Bloomington all the time. Yes, same. And people, like, people are always probably shocked. Well, maybe not. Maybe, you tell me. But I had, like, a pretty hipster vibe in college. Like, I wore, like, a lot of cutoff jean shorts and suspenders and, like, vintage flannel shirts. Like, that was my vibe. I could totally see you wearing exactly that. I don't think I, yeah. (laughs) Like, nowadays, not so much. I just wear, like, all black, like, mostly Lululemon. Very different vibe. But okay, so let's talk about the super cool, you own this vintage shop in Bloomington. I'm kind of just cutting straight to the chase here. But I know that eventually you moved out of Bloomington to Cincinnati and started the business that you have now. So can you tell everyone a little bit about your current business and how that came to be? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So my current business is sort of a reiteration of uh, somebody who likes vintage stuff, but doesn't want to do the retail slog. Um, That's kind of how I came to event rentals. Um, So I have a warehouse full of beautiful things that my business partner and I have collected over the course of, um, it's been almost six years now. And we redesign, um, we redesign spaces for people's events and weddings uh, using our collection that we're always adding to and like remixing. And um, we also deliver those pieces and pick them up. And so it's really like, if you um, slam together a vintage furniture store and a uh, moving company 
And, um, but, but the moving has to happen only on the weekends and like only during specific times and half the time, like in the middle of the night. So it's gotcha. super <laughs> So I imagine, I imagine it's probably a pretty unique business because there's probably not, not a lot of other places, if any, that you can go to, to get those pieces for your event. Yeah. The, um, the like skill and love that I had for sourcing and like finding and hunting for things was really the, the beginning of the business. Love that. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So when did you start that business? Um, we started the idea in, uh, November of 2014. Okay, 2014. cool. So about six, yeah. almost six years ago. Yep. Love it. All and right. that was like idea and trying to figure out a name. Love it. All right. So I'm going to fast forward quite a bit here. I still remember Amber, you came to one of my master classes in the spring, right? When I was launching okay. Unfuck Your Biz. And by the way, we will be having these master classes in a few weeks. So my signature program, Unfuck Your Biz, which we're going to talk about today, will be reopening in a few weeks. And I launched them with master classes. So I teach for a full hour and then I do the invitation to the program. I don't hide this whatsoever. There is a sales pitch at the end, uh, but you're going to learn a lot in the process. And I remember Amber stayed on longer than everyone else. And by the end, it was just the two of us. And I think, I feel like I had to really sell you into the program. So I want to talk a little bit about like where you were at that point in time and like kind of what was going through your head. Yeah. So at that point in time, um, we were very early on in the lockdown and I felt like I was trapped in my house with all of the um, problems that my business was starting to show me that I had kind of created. Um, so I had gotten a tax letter from the IRS and I had just found out that my accountant that I had hired um, or I'm sorry, my CPA that I had hired did not actually file a year of taxes and I had a big bill that I owed and I couldn't set up a payment because the CPA had messed up the taxes and I had business structure work to do. And I really felt like I was locked in my house with just like all of these letters and all of these mistakes that I had made. And um, I had been trying to like kind of set some things straight for a while because we didn't originally like file our partnership correctly. And, um, it just became really hard to figure out who even was the right person to talk to. And when I talked to a bookkeeper, um, I kind of got answers, but then I kind of didn't. And they would refer me to another professional who kind of helped, but kind of didn't. And I just felt like my business had reached a point where like, I needed to understand everything better. Like, I had tried to delegate things and it didn't go well because I didn't take time to understand the tasks that I was delegating out. And like, I really just felt like I was at a point where I had the time and I really, really needed to educate myself on how to be a better business owner if I was going to keep going. And, um, gotcha. So yeah. you're like, you're sitting in your house. Yeah. Cause when we launched the program, we were only in like our second, we were only in like the second week of quarantine or lockdown, yeah. whatever you want to call it. And I remember at the time I was like, should I even launch this program? Like, are people going to want to join it when we don't even know what the hell is happening? It's a good thing that we did because a handful of you were like, well, I don't got anything else going on. Yeah. But you're sitting at home, like getting hate mail from the IRS. That's got to be scary. It's like the perfect storm of, well, of stuff they, that's happening. The IRS was also like, you'd call back and they were like, no one's home. So yeah. Like, <laughs> sorry, we're not, we're not here. We're also at home, like not near the IRS phones. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's so, 
Yeah, you joined the program and um, tell me a little bit about like what, what were kind of your expectations like when you went into it, if you had any? Um, my expectations were just that like, I was going to be able to ask somebody all of the questions that I had in my head and actually, <clears throat> first of all, not feel like I was burdening you with them because, um, well, you were paying me, so <laughs> I was well, and that's why. Yeah. Um, but to have, I, I just really hoped that I would find someone who could help me see the big picture of my business and how all of these parts kind of connected together and, um, give me a sense of like, I know what the heck I'm doing. And, um, I definitely think that's what I got out of it. Yeah. It makes me so happy when I hear people say that. That's a lot of what I talked with Chassie about too, because she had a lot of questions on quarterly taxes, wanting to see the big picture. And oftentimes people don't really want that. Like they just want the answers and they don't want to have to think about it for too long. But I'm sure you, I mean, you've gathered by now. That's not really how I teach. Like I want people to understand actual concepts. If I was just going to give you like a tutorial video of like, here's how to go file your LLC, have a good day. Like we could do that pretty quickly. But the reason we do a 10 week deep dive is because you got to know like the why behind all of this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> yeah. Okay, cool. Go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say during um, the process, I discovered some other things that I had overlooked that they hadn't, that I like, no one had figured out yet, <laughs> including my bookkeeper. So. Oh, well, what's that? Tell us some of those things. Um, well, so most of the group was California. And so you guys have like the franchise tax and Ohio has something different and the nomenclature is different, but we do actually have some version of a franchise tax. And um, so I discovered that um, I need to pay that. So yeah, what was, um, what, what do they call it in Ohio? I can't remember. Um, <laughs> That's okay. Yeah, we have, we do have, because I'm in California, usually about half of the students are from California, but in your course we had, so you're in Ohio, Jay Scott was in Indiana, um, Allie is from Georgia, I believe, and then we had Matt down in Florida. We probably had a couple other states too, but it's always, yeah, we're starting, we're starting to get more people from outside of the state of California as I get more popular, insert hair toss here. <laughs> But ultimately, like you did have um, some like LLC tweaks that needed to happen. Um, let's talk about that because like that, I know that you're still working on, right? Yeah, we're almost finished with that. So um, my business partner and I had been working on the LLC like articles. This is the articles of incorporation where it's our agreement or our operating agreement. And um, we had kind of stalled out on something really silly and overcomplicated the issue. Um because we were trying to figure out our succession plan for our business, right? And um, she is single and I am not. And that was a, um, like, she was like, I wanna give the business to you if, if something happens to me. And I, we had to have a conversation about how I wanted that to be equitable for her and her heirs because I've built this business, hopefully that it will be like a retirement plan for my partner and I, and so, we had to have the conversation of how like if I passed away, my plan wasn't to give my entire share of the business to her. Um, and so like we had to have that like personal conversation and um, that took some time to think about personally, but also we thought that we needed to have wills to support that document. And 
<laughs> you kind of helped us cut through the weeds. Like, just put it down. Get it done. Yeah, just, it's like a couple paragraphs, just write it down. This is super important because we don't have, I mean, I don't have a ton of partnerships that come to the program. In your round, we had two. So, well, there was you and then Maddie and Felicia as well. Yeah. But this stuff is super important and it's not something that people usually think about. They're like, oh, you're good at this and I'm good at this and we're friends. So like, let's start a business. And that's not, not going to cut it. Like the legalities when you have a business partner are, are like really even more important for a number of reasons that we're not going to dig into specifically here. Yeah. Okay, cool. So yeah, go ahead. Oh, I've, I've had a lot of people, I've, I have not found very good advice on how to run or structure my partnership from any of the professionals that I have hired. Um, and so that was something that you were also able to help me with. Um, it's not that complicated, but it does add some layers of complication, um, to the business. And so that it was nice to get clarity there as well. Yeah. And I don't like, I don't really know why that is. I think a lot of professionals just don't really want to touch partnerships because they are more complicated and I'm like, all right, but like y'all still need some help. So (laughs) (laughs) do what we can here. Um, Okay, that's interesting. So once you got into the program, obviously we taught like we talked about your taxes. You kind of you're on a plan now with the IRS for like that issue, right? Um, I not well. I paid it off. Um, so I had back taxes that I paid off. The 2017 taxes are still being solved, but I have hired a new CPA and he's on it like right now. So good. That should good. be done by the end of the week. Um, and then yeah, I'll be able to. Um, to set up whatever a payment plan for whatever is hanging out there. Yeah. And I tell, like, I try to tell most people that these kind of tax issues, usually they're going to take you anywhere from three months up to a year to get them resolved. Because if you have, like, especially if you have an unfiled return, you have to file it, you have to wait for it to be processed. Then you have to determine, are you going to pay it off? Are you going to do an installment agreement? Are you going to do something called an offer and compromise, which is something I was talking to another student about recently. And the IRS just moves at like the world's slowest pace. So you just got to be patient. Yeah. Yeah. But it sounds like you're off to a good path. You really liking your new CPA? I do really like him. And um, the other thing that I got under done while I was in the course was hire a new bookkeeper who's wonderful. And so that also is good. But I also now feel like I have the tools to talk her through some of the things that we had a hard time talking through before. Um, right. What were so like when you had conversations with your old bookkeeper, what were some sticking points that were kind of like, were really kind of mucking up the process? Um, so they, the idea of renting, like holding, we call our rental goods inventory, but from an accounting perspective, calling it inventory isn't really correct. And um, my accountant wasn't treating my business as something with rental assets. They were treating it as a retail. And so setting up my chart of accounts was really kind of interesting. And that wasn't necessarily a thing we went into in the class, but. Um, yeah, because you have like, you have a kind of a unique business model. So if you're treating, if, if your old bookkeeper was treating as an inventory, then that's almost similar to a cost of goods. And I could see how that would get. They, yep. Yikes. They were filing everything under cost of goods, which also adds a layer of figure. <laughs> Which also adds a layer of figuring something out when it comes to like adding my business partner to the partnership document. And that's why it's not finished. 
Got it. Yeah, you got to work through that. Okay, yeah. so now you're up to speed with your bookkeeper. And this is why, like, this is why it's important. Like, it's very important to have an overall conceptual understanding of some legal and tax basics, because you need to be able, like, the language I always use is you need to be able to audit the professionals you're hiring. So obviously, like, you're not going to tell your CPA, oh, you claim this deduction and under the tax code, we should not be claiming it. I don't mean that kind of audit. I just mean understanding, like, oh, I know that this document needs to be filed and I might not know exactly how to file it, but I know that you are not filing it and I need you to, that kind of thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. for sure. And that's, that's definitely part of it. Um, I now have like a good calendar set up with, um, I like my compliance calendar. And so I am doing that now just with my sales nice. tax filing frequencies. Um, we also added a layer of um, the Department of Transportation to all of that. So now we have a DOT number on our trucks, which, um, yeah, which is great on both of them. Um, and so I have paperwork file there too. And we did at one point go through like that setup where it was like, create your compliance calendar. And um, just like having that show up on the calendar, is honestly really helpful from like a team perspective because sometimes I feel like I'm doing a lot of heavy lifting mm -hmm. and um, not like the furniture heavy lifting, but like a lot of the work that I do in my business, my business partner is not necessarily like, that's not what she's thinking about. She's operations for the most part, like scheduling and getting things done. And sometimes when I disappear, I like don't know how to tell her what I've been working on. So now having the compliance calendar is really important because she can see oh, this thing is coming up. Like Amber's going to have to spend some time working on that because that's more of my role. And um, it's really helped internally with, um, with those, you know, like knowing what one another is up to and helping keep each other accountable too. Do you keep your compliance calendar like in a project management system? Is that how you're managing it? I'm working on putting it in Asana. Nice. Love, yeah. love me some Asana. We're going to talk about Asana and the membership, I'm sure at some point in time. I might bring in some friends to do some Asana great. consulting. Yeah, because you know, I got like, I got like lots of project manager friends that can come talk about it. So what Amber's been talking about, I call it the compliance calendar. And really all that is, is when you go through the course, we have, I have something called the small business blueprint. It's like 14 steps of all the different licenses that you need to get. Some people like Amber with the DOT thing, that's not something that I even have in the course because it's very, very specific to her business since they're moving shit around and, and trucks all the time. Um, but well, everything else, yeah, go ahead. Oh, it's specifically because we are on state lines. So to cross over into Kentucky, we have to have that number. If I was in the middle of Ohio, I wouldn't even have to think about it if I wasn't traveling like super far away, but. Oh, interesting. Cause you're moving yeah. stuff across state lines. Love it. So we have like your business license, your EIN, your DBA, your LLC, all these different things that have basically renewal applications or annual fees or monthly fees, basically anything that you're going to have to take action on again in the future. I have everyone put that on a compliance calendar. This is not fancy at all. You can all go do this today. If there's anything that you filed and you're like, I don't know if I have any other obligations with this, just Google it, research it. And then what I have everyone do is just put it on a paper calendar. So there's 12 months and you're going to say every July 15th, I need to update this payment. Every, every other Friday, I got to do this thing. Every quarter, I got to pay my quarterly taxes. And then you can either keep that like folded up in your paper planner. You can add it into a project management system to auto notify you, whatever works for your system. But 
Very important because a lot of people don't do that. And then they get into a similar problem that Chassie had, which we talked about on yesterday's podcast episode, where she ended up having to pay four years of annual franchise tax along with penalties and interest all at the same time. And that was, that's what uh, encouraged her to, her to join the program. Compliance calendar helps us prevent that, hopefully. Yeah. Just introducing that idea as a structure to my business was like, should, should have been basic, but wasn't. Yeah. Well, we don't, I mean, there's a lot of stuff that we don't do that like we want to do. I was just talking to someone, someone the other day, how, um, I was like, I'm not a perfectionist. Like I'm kind of like anything goes and Chandra who, you know, my community manager was on the call and she started laughing and she goes, Braden, you have an, a standard operating procedure on creating standard operating procedures. I was like, well, that's important. I want to make sure that all of the SOPs that we have documented are written in the same format. So there needs to be an SOP for the SOPs. This is important. But you're totally loosey-goosey. <laughs> Just like how I'm so carefree over here. It's a weird <laughs> dichotomy. I like, like to have specifics some places, but then my Enneagram 7 likes to keep it free and fun in other places. So very different. All right. Amber, what would you say was like your biggest takeaway from the program? to put people on the spot with these tough as nails questions. Yeah, what was my biggest takeaway? Um, I just think my biggest takeaway was that it's possible to understand all of this stuff really well and um, really have a sense of like uh, being self-possessed in your business ownership. Yes. Um, the- I did, oh, sorry, sorry. I did have one other question I totally forgot to ask you. Yeah. Your cash, cash flow stuff. So module four, you opened all the bank accounts, right? Mm-hmm. So yep. how's that working out with your bookkeeper? Did your bookkeeper think you were fucking crazy when you told them you had like five different bank accounts or has it been pretty easy to manage? It has been pretty easy to manage. Um, I, to simplify it, honestly, I still treat them as like reserve accounts. So instead of um, moving everything every month, what I do is I've treated them as like having buffers in certain areas. So I've kind of adapted that. Um so that I'm not transferring money back and forth. And I know that's a cheat, but I'm still focused on my taxes. <laughs> so. All right. Well, I like that. Well, you should um, should never be, you shouldn't be transferring money back and forth. Just one. Just putting it out. Well, and I never got to the point where I was actually sending money out of those individual accounts. So for me, it was like, I will just put that money there. Like I have a contractor buffer that I carry throughout my busiest months. And I have a, um, a, compensation buffer and a profit. The profit is the one where I will take the money out and it just goes. Um, but the, um, just treating, I kind of do that once and then I had set my, um, my buffer limits and then I just pay everything out of my bank account so that if I over spend in an area, I can pull it out of that buffer and then I just know to rebuild it, but only because I don't have my actual going out with the bank yet. Love it. All right. I'm going to put you on the spot one more time. Can you okay. tell us, can you tell us what your quarterly tax allocation percentage is? My quarterly tax allocation percentage is changing a little bit because I've actually sold some houses this year. Um, I, and it's weird. Um, Amber's also a realtor, you guys. She doesn't just own 20 houses. Right. <laughs> Um, which adds an interesting level to the partnership because it's just me and the real estate. I think my quarterly tax allegation percentage is set at 16%. 
Okay. I just, I like to, I like to put all my students on the spot just so that we can prove that you're all saving for quarterly taxes and know how much that you're saving. So we, and the reason why I kind of wanted to bring that up is because this actual, this coming week, starting on Monday, I'm going to be doing a free boot camp in the Braden's Besties Facebook group. And Amber, what I'm going to be doing is walking everyone essentially through module one of the course. So they will learn what their quarterly tax allocation should be as well. So stay tuned for that, everyone. It's going to be great. Nice. I can probably revisit that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you, I mean, you have the course, you have the textbook, you can just go through it at your own leisure whenever you want. All right. So to wrap up, how should everyone get in touch with you if they want to follow you and be friends and see all of your cool, awesome stuff that you run? If you want to follow me um, or reach out, you can reach us at Queen City Vignette on Instagram. That is the platform we are most active on. And um, we do monitor that inbox. Um, Emma is usually the person who is on Instagram, but she'll send me stuff if you guys are reaching out specifically to me. Or you can email me at amber at queencityvignette.com. Love it. All right. Well, thanks so much for joining me, Amber. Super appreciate it. Oh my gosh, um, what thank a, you for everything you've done for me. I feel yeah, like you, you got like it. 50 pounds lighter. <laughs> oh, good. Okay. That, that makes me feel good. I actually, I got it. I got a DM just a few weeks ago from one of my former students. And she told me, um, we haven't been in touch like a lot since the program, but so I was kind of surprised to hear back from her, but she said with this year, with COVID, with everything that's been happening, just knowing that my LLC is structured correctly and my contracts are legally sound is like, what's helping me sleep through the night. And I was absolutely. like, that made, that was like, that made me feel really good. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. This is like, love that. So if, if all of you are still listening, a very, very exciting announcement. Hopefully you've already seen this, but if not, I released a quiz on Monday, just a few days ago this week called What's Your Legal and Taxonality? I know the name's very silly, but I always try to keep it fun. So it's about 10 questions. I think even fewer than that, you can go through it in like three minutes. And it's going to tell you basically what your personality is with regard to the legal and tax stuff. So are you proactive? Are you an avoider? What does that look like for you? And then even more importantly, depending on which result you get, what's the next best step for you in your business? So spoiler alert, I'm going to kind of give it away. If you take the quiz, relatively shortly after, relatively shortly, is that even a phrase? Anyway, shortly after this podcast is released, then the quiz result is also going to redirect you to the boot camp. So if you want to join our free boot camp and learn all the things, you got to go take the quiz first. That's the easiest way to get in. So www.bradendrake.com forward slash quiz. Take it. Super fun. Join us in the boot camp. It's going to be great. And that's all for today's episode. So hope you enjoyed and I will be back in your podcast app this coming Tuesday. Have a good one.